This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Well Network, presented by BetMGM. Happy Thanksgiving, ready for our numero dos here on BetQL Daily with the machine, Sean Levine. I am merely Jim Rodriguez and a cast of thousands. Happy you're along with us on your turkey day. Hopefully it's going well. We got a little Uruguay, South Korea just ended in a nil-nil draw. Get ready for Portugal and Ghana. And then, of course, the big boy Brazil and Serbia today in the World Cup. Switzerland already won, so hope your World Cup bets are going well there. But it is Thanksgiving night. We've covered some NFL. We're going to get into more NFL later on in the show. But there's also some college football rivalry weeks continue. And you've got the Egg Bowl tonight machine. You've got Two of the greatest personalities, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. You've got Mississippi State and Ole Miss in Oxford tonight. And an interesting scenario because we've already heard the rumors Lane Kiffin is going to Auburn. He's denied it, haven't even offered me the job, which means he's going to Auburn, right? At this point, if you're an athletic director or an NFL owner, whoever is interested in hiring Lane Kiffin, What's your rationale? Because don't you usually want somebody that you know, especially at the college level, is going to stick around, right? Is going to be there for a while. Is able to go into recruits' homes and tell the parents, hey, not only am I going to be here next year and the year after that, but I'm going to build this. You know, we're going to have the type of relationship. They just have to look at your resume and go, well, hang on. You're basically, remember Larry Brown, the old NBA coach, the old KU coach won the national championship? He's the football version of that guy where – He's a really good coach, which is why he's very hireable, and a lot of people want him, although you also know he's not going to stick around for a long time. So if I'm Auburn, I don't know if I'm all that interested. And frankly, if I'm Lane Kiffin, you got a pretty good thing going, right? You found your way back to the SEC. Ole Miss is cooking right now, and I like him today. Even though they've got a lot of distractions going on, I look at the number, two and a half isn't big enough to me. I ran a bunch of my own kind of numbers, and it feels like this should be closer to a touchdown. As you mentioned, the game is being played in Oxford. So I love Mississippi today. I don't know if I love Lane Kiffin to be their coach long-term, though. Yeah, Lane, 23-11 and 11 in his time at Mississippi. Hugh Freeze, by the way, the Liberty head coach, he's also uh, uh, been rumored as a candidate for the Auburn job. My, my, my only question, for, if, if I could ask Lane Kiffin one question, to be like, what would be the job – that you would stay at? Would it, was it, is it Alabama? Is it an NFL job? I mean, what would be the job that you'd say, okay, that's it? Because exactly. Listen, the, this, is, this is the mold. He did it here locally at, at Florida Atlantic over in Boca Raton. Come here two, three years, get us on the map, and then scram. And that, that's what he does. He got Ole Miss turned around. Wonder what would be the job? It, it would have to be like an Alabama, right? That, like, that's, it, that's it. You'd have to run me out. I would never leave. Do you think Lane Kiffin himself can tell you the order of jobs that he's had? I can't because you were naming jobs right there. And I'm like, 
Oh, yeah. I forgot that he had that job down there. I forgot that he was with the Raiders for a minute. I forgot that he's with USC for a minute. They're at Tennessee. There have just been so many different gigs. It's kind of funny you ask that question because what's the closest thing to being the Alabama head football coach? I suppose it's being the Auburn head football coach. So it feels like – And being able to stick like, it to Nick Saban, being able to stick it to him. I think that would be the best part of it. Saban's not going to be there forever, though. So at some point, they're going to look for his predecessor. I've always thought, though, that it makes a lot of sense that that's where Dabo Sweeney slides over to, right? Like, he's, by, by college football standards, he's a younger type of coach, even though he's been at Clemson now for a really long time. Essentially, built that program himself. But he did play college football at Alabama. So if there were odds, if I could bet on who the next Alabama football coach is going to be, I'd put every penny in my bank account that it ends up being Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, and just to put a bow on the Egg Bowl here, 61 is the total. And, and I get it. It's Mike Leach in the air raid. You know, 70% of his plays are passes. But Lane Kiffin's Mississippi offense, 63% of their plays are runs. And, and this is an incredible stat. The Mississippi running backs, Quishon Judkins and Zach F. Evans have combined for 2,200 yards and 24 touchdowns. But I don't know how you get to 61. I mean, these, I mean, especially with a running team. Most of the time when I see that number in the low 60s in college football, I run myself far and fast. Like, if it's a number in the high 40s or 50s, I'm almost hammering the overs, not even really looking at who the team is. If it's one of those every now and again you'll see in the 70s, I just can't talk myself into playing the overs in the college football 70s. 61 is about right, right? If you do the math, if you look at the totals, although the only thing that they didn't take into account, I suppose, is a rivalry game. And three out of the last five games these teams have played have gone over 61. So if you force my hand, to play aside, I'll play the overs, but I really like Mississippi minus two and a half. Yeah, I'm with you there. You know, Mississippi, of course, ranked 20th in the nation trying to secure. They've already bowl eligible, trying to get that ninth win, trying to get a, 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 a you know something better than maybe the Cheez-It Bowl or whatever they were projected as, as being there. They're still an SEC team, you know. All right, so Friday, Black Friday, leftovers, Pretty good games. Two good games on the docket. You've got Baylor against Texas. We'll start with that. Big 12. Texas can get to the Big 12 championship game with a win and some help. Laying eight and a half at home against a pesky Baylor team. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to lay. I, I'm, stay, I'm staying away from this one, as a matter of fact. But again, if you made me bet, I, I think that I would take the points with Baylor. Baylor's one of those teams where when they're good, they're great. They just haven't been that team for a while. They got all the way up to number nine in the country earlier this year. Texas is just so wishy-washy, man. They did look really good against my Jayhawks last Saturday. Man, what a sucker bet that was for me. It was the same line. It was eight and a half, but KU was getting the points, and I thought, what? You're going to give me a touchdown, two-point conversion, and the hook? Too good to be true, and KU lost that game like 172-3. to So I'm a little bit bitter right now on the Longhorns, but ultimately, like you said, I, those, a, lot of, a lot of things need to happen for the Big 12 championship game not to be TCU versus Kansas State. I think that's pretty much the direction that's heading. Yeah, the, the one bet I like in this game is uh, Bijan Robinson, the running back for Texas. You know, Stug. Baylor had been pretty stout. He had been pretty stout against the run. They've given up 180 rushing yards average the last three games, and Robinson scampered for 243 
against your Jayhawks last week. So I like Bijan. Once that gets posted, I'm going to keep an eye on that. And then my side of the world, down in ACC country, since I'm in Miami, NC State and North Carolina over in Chapel Hill, uh, the 17th-ranked Tar Heels, which is kind of weird to be talking North Carolina as a, you know, number one in the country in basketball, 17th in the country in football, laying six and a half against the Wolfpack. I've always liked NC State. I think they're pesky. I think they find a way. Plus 200 money line, getting six and a half on the road. My only problem is they can't score. I'm more looking at the 56 as the total. I'm liking actually the under in that game. I was talking about Baylor just a couple of minutes ago, and at one point they got all the way up to number nine in the country. Remember earlier this year when NC State football was real good at the beginning of the year. I think they got up to number nine in the country also. North Carolina, J-Rod, you tell me, is this just the team that they are? Are they a little bit underwhelming? Like, they just, they're they're a weird team to bet on because heading into the fourth quarter, they've been behind in half their games this year, yet they seem to always pull those games out. So I'm going to lay the, the six and a half with the Tar Heels. Only because the game's at the crib in Chapel Hill. But I got to tell you, man, I don't feel great about it. NC State's a tricky team to bet against. Well, NC State's down to their third quarterback. Third quarterback. They, they just can't seem to score. But Carolina's got the worst defense in the ACC. So it's sort of like, can they walk through that open door? I like the under 56. I I, I Carolina 5-0 and all-time against NC State against the spread. Uh, they're 5-0 and their last five games against NC State. I, I, I like that under a 56. That, that, that's what I would do uh, in there. And then Saturday, Saturday, the game we're all watching. Three against two, Big Ten, old-school rivalry, Michigan-Ohio State. The Wolverines going to Columbus, getting seven and a half. Everybody's still talking about Michigan beating Ohio State last year. Ryan Day said it. We're using that as sort of motivation. Ohio State laying seven and a half, 56 in Columbus. Yeah, they didn't just beat him last year, J-Rod, the Wolverines over Ohio State. In the words of the uh, the esteemed poet Marshall Mathers, that was an old-fashioned, passionate ass-whooping. They got their shoes, coat, and their hat token. I mean, Michigan absolutely put it on Ohio State, which is why I'm a little bit surprised. And not only do you get that touchdown and the hook, seven and a half is awful tempting not to take with Michigan. That's one of those games where if it's all you're looking for is a back and forth contest. All you're looking for is one of those games where last team with the ball wins or a low scoring game is good for you. There's a lot of things that could happen good if you have that seven and a half on the opposing side with Ohio State. It just feels like one of those games where J-Rod, let's say they're dominating right? By scoreboard standards. Let's say that they're up 14 to 17 points as the game goes along, and then they're up by 14 points toward the end of the game. Michigan doesn't have a chance to win it, but they can come down the field and screw you with a touchdown. It feels like that type of game. So I don't like laying the points with Ohio State. If you're going to make me bet this one, I think I'm taking the seven and a half. And if you twist my arm, I might take Michigan on that money line. Plus 240 for a team that statistically has been every good as Ohio State has been this year. Yeah, they're going on the road, but they remember this team. They remember what they did to them a year ago. So I think I'm taking the seven and a half, and I might sprinkle, just sprinkle a little bit of pixie dust on 240 on the Wolverines on the money line. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the classic battle of a great offense in Ohio State and a great defense in Michigan. So who's going to bend? You know, you know, that's that's the question. The one thing I will say is Michigan loves running the ball in the red zone. They pound it. They're going to eat up some clock, you know. And meanwhile, Ohio State is great against the run in the red zone. So I don't know if Michigan's offense through the air is going to be able to keep up with Ohio State in their big chunk plays because they are just huge at getting gains of 20, 25 yards on, you know, through the air. I think eventually it'll turn. I don't think it'll be a boat race. I think it'll be close, but I think Ohio State pull, pulls away at the end and I would lay the seven and a half with Ohio State. I think it's a good eight, nine point win for the Buckeyes, you know, and, and, trying to keep an eye on that Georgia team, you know, Ohio State number two right now. And, of course, the college playoff, Georgia's one, Ohio State's two, Michigan's three, TCU is four. And and the one that I think that's licking their chops is LSU at five because all of a sudden the loser of this game, in theory, should be out of the playoff. And if LSU handles business and they play Texas A&M, all of a sudden – go Tigers, all of a sudden there they are in the college football playoff. But there's another one. The boys from L.A., USC, they're sixth in the nation, and they play Notre Dame, a hot Notre Dame team that's won eight of the last nine games. I know they lost to Marshall. I know they lost to Stanford. They did beat Clemson. Eight of the last nine for Notre Dame. USC at the Coliseum laying five and a half Saturday night as the number six team in the nation. By the way, the, the and, and the total outrageous sixty four and a half. So USC obviously the only way that they have any sort of a puncher's chance to end up in that college football playoff is to win, and I suppose to look impressive doing it. Only because it might come down to them and LSU, and you know two spots for one team. Back to what you were talking about real quick though about Ohio State, Michigan. Are you sure that the loser is eliminated? I think if if Ohio State blows out Michigan, then Michigan's done. I think that Ohio State's body of work, and I think that overall, if they lose, let's say, a close game and don't look terrible doing it, I don't think Ohio State's necessarily dead in the water. Do you think the loser of that game is done? Well, here's what I think. It's hard to convince me a two-loss SEC team, an LSU, could jump in you know, and, and either let's say Michigan loses. I, I, let's, sure. I, if Ohio State loses, I, I think they're still in it. If Michigan loses, remember, Michigan is three. If they lose, TCU stays where they are. And if USC blows the door off Notre Dame, now you've got a one loss USC team, you've got a two loss LSU team. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it, I guess I've always said this, and this is where this is where I've got to be the the sort of the the, the anti sports guy is. What's good for business? Is LSU good for business? Is USC good for business? Is Michigan good for business? What's good for business in the college playoff? I would think Michigan. I would think all those teams are good for business. I mean, right? Like LSU, that's a powerhouse program that's got a national championship just a few years ago. USC is USC. So it it is going to be – well, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen, J-Rod. We're going to have all this conversation, and it's fun to have, and all the fodder. And then Alabama gets in. What? Dude, that's what's going to happen. Alabama's going to get in. (laughs) Somehow we're going to go, wait, what? And then we're going to look at the lines and go, not only are they in, 
but they're favored. That's the truth. As if Alabama got in, remember their losses, right? They lost two last-second games to two really good teams. The truth is, if Alabama played any team in the country not named Georgia on a neutral field, Alabama would be favorite. Tell me I'm wrong. They'd be the favorite in no, the game against any right. team on a neutral field. So, you know, they might not deserve it, but they might get there. That's hysterical. I'm glad we were both thinking the exact same thing. We said the quiet part. Alabama. Alabama's, Alabama's getting in. Let's take a break. When we get back, we're going to go back to the pro game, talk a little bit more Giants-Cowboys with Zach Wolchuk from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Cowboys terrible on Turkey Day. We'll break into that next. The Machine and J-Rod on BetQL Daily.